You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, as he does every single week, it's the general manager's show, David Forst. David, a wild win for your athletics today, but these are the kind of wins that give you that special mojo and the shot as you head towards the postseason. Yeah, that was a good one. I was, uh, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm always a little uh, skeptical about scheduling a, a chat with you after the game because you never know what's going to happen, you never know what kind of mood everybody's going to be in, but uh, but yeah, that was a fun one. Hey, I agree because I'm so moody. <laughs> who, who knows Who knows what kind of calls I've been taking? Who knows? Because, you know, for the postgame show, it's supposed to be for the fans. It's supposed to be a roller coaster ride. So one minute we love all of you. The next minute we hate all of you. It's just the way it works. But today we're loving you, David. That was a good one. Yeah, a lot of credit to the guys for not, uh, not packing it in once we were down. Five six one. Uh, you know, you win the first two games of the series. It's you know, you could be happy just winning two out of three and moving on. But uh, our guys hung with it. Big big hit by Fegley to kind of wake everybody up and get us back in it. And then the rest of the lineup did a great job that inning. Did you ever think this would be the way when you drafted AJ Puck? This would be how he'd get his first big league win. <laughs> I don't know that you uh, you draw it up. I mean, I think we've talked in the past about. Some guys coming up to get their initial work out of the pen, so I guess it's, it's always a possibility. But uh, yeah, we just we've been looking for the right spots for AJ to to, to kind of work them in, and we've had so many tight games and having to use the same guys, Hendricks and Soria and Blake and Deekman, and just kind of wearing these guys out. So uh, it's nice to get them a day off, and, and for the rest of the group to to contribute and prove they can be part of a winning game. You know, there's this Twitter handle, Stats, and they had this unbelievable article, and it's about how certain teams, especially the Houston Astros, are, are really changing the way they approach the 3-2 account, uh, a 3-2 count. Like, the, the, a lot of times they won't swing because a lot of times, you know, the numbers will show it that umpires aren't calling strikes on three. The, the closer pitches, they're not calling strikes. And then they start showing you, like, all the different counts, you know, the percentage of when strikes are called from when they're not. It was really fascinating. But this whole thing about the 3-2 count, I read this article, and then look look what we had today. Your guy's not swinging on the 3-2 count, and the numbers show that umpires don't like to call strikes traditionally on the 3-2 count. Well, I haven't seen that article specifically, but uh, I know our guys do a great job working the count. Um, I mean, Profar's at bat there was was a great example. He gets down 0-2 and grinds it out, bases loaded. You know, you're always anxious to, to get the big hit, but for all those guys in a row to, to be patient, to take their walks, to sort of pass the baton to the next guy and ultimately culminate in Robbie's triple to put us ahead – uh, just a, a great clinic in, in team baseball. Yeah, I, I went over 
the entire inning about all the pitching changes. I am not a fan of September call-ups. I do not like how (laughs) – and it may be different for front office, and I want to ask you about it, but it's just no other sport plays one way for the majority of the season and then changes at the end. How do you feel about it? Do you like it, don't like it? And obviously it's changing. It is going to change, yeah. So you may get your wish next year, whether it's a limit on – unrostered players in September or uh, three batter minimum for every reliever that comes in the game. It sounds like uh, the folks at MLB are, are talking about changes, but you know, we, we play within the rules. We, we use what's given to us. I do think there's a lot to be said for uh, having extra arms in September and giving, giving guys a break. I mean, these guys are all gassed by the time you get through five months of the season. It's been huge for us already to have, Sean to insert into the rotation, give everybody an extra day. Uh, we'll probably take advantage of that again next time through the rotation. Uh, and in the bullpen, too. I mean, like I said earlier, we're, we're using the same guys over and over again, and you just can't, you can't ride them until, uh, until you wear them out. So it, it, from our perspective, I know from Bob and Emo's perspective, it's, it's nice to have some extra fresh arms. Yeah, because two pitchers you think about, Liam Hendricks and, yes, Merrill Petit, you guys have gotten so much out of them this year, but at one point do you start to fear like you need them to get you to the postseason, and if you get to the postseason, but you still need them to be able to perform when they get to the postseason? Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, the one thing you have in the postseason, if you're lucky enough to get there, is you have some built-in days off. Um, You know, we've got 16 in a row right now, and that's that's not something that happens in the postseason. So you've got – you got the built-in days off, but you're right. You can't, you know, you can't ride these guys all the way to September 29th and be like, oh, by the way, why don't you turn it on again for another month? Um, so you, you got to keep that in mind. So yesterday had to be great for the front office from a standpoint of watching Sean Murphy become the sixth guy to homer in his debut as an Oakland Athletic. What were your thoughts when you saw that ball go over the fence and he's rounding the bases? It's it's a huge. I know it's a huge sigh of relief for the player. It's a wonderful moment for his family. I mean, we've seen this a few times this year. We saw, you know, we saw Nick Martini's family in Chicago. We saw uh, Seth Brown's family in Kansas City. And you just, you know, it's it's an incredible moment. So to see Sean's mom and dad there last night and, and for him to kind of get that monkey off his bat, his second career at bat was, was pretty special. And, and this is obviously a a player we think very highly of and think has a long future here in Oakland. And to get that started and, and to see him contribute right away in an important spot uh, was fantastic. You know, sitting here in the press box last night watching this game, it just made me think, you know, you got the catcher, you got the center fielder, you got the third baseman, you got the first baseman, hopefully you got the second baseman, you got this guy at shortstop in his prime. But you have a lot of young players that you control some lot of young talent. This, do you, do you believe you're setting yourself truly up for a nice run here? I, th- I think we're already in the middle of a pretty nice run. I mean, you're, yeah, you, uh, we talked about this earlier in the, in the summer, and I think I've talked to some of the writers about it. You, you, you try not to look forward, obviously, when you're in the thick of things the way we are right now, um, but that's our job is to – to set this this franchise and this team up to, to continue to compete. And certainly when you look at, at what comes down the road and all the position players you mentioned, plus uh, plus the pitching and, and obviously guys like 
Fires and Roark and Bailey and Brett have, have been huge this year, and uh, we're going to continue to ride them in 2019. But beyond that, and you think about uh, you think about Puck and Manaya and Montas and Lozardo and Holmes and Caprillion and Jeffries and Bassett and all these guys, it it, it can be pretty exciting to think about for for a long window of, of success. Yeah, you've got depth going forward, and you've got depth now. I mean, Stephen Piscotti at some point will come back. Ramon Laureano's going to be back tomorrow. Uh, you know, how do you get Brown at bats the way he started? So that's all good problems. How do you see this playing out? I think the number one thing is we've talked about Mark Duct Tate Canna and what he has done for you this year. You're going to bring Laureano back to be your center fielder. We know Mark's bat has to be in the lineup. How do you see this playing out? Like, let's say in the next week. Uh, I I think it's gonna it's gonna work itself out. I, I think Mark's gonna be in the lineup. That's the first thing we know. Um, you know, the thing we have to keep in mind with Ramon is that he doesn't just come back and automatically play seven days a week. Um, so so we're gonna have to be judicious with his playing time. Make sure that uh, he is getting days off. You know. He obviously, his, his personality is pretty well documented. You're going to have to hold him back every day if you're going to keep him out of the lineup. But it's something we're going to have to be smart about, take our cues from the medical staff. And, um, you know, not just not just this weekend, not just the road trip. You, you know, you look all the way forward to when we get back from that road trip and play on, uh, on a center field that's been sitting underneath bleachers for an entire week. It's not going to be a great, great environment out there. So all these things go into our equation of, how often Ramon plays, how much we run him out there. And, and like I said, no doubt Mark's going to find his way into the lineup. You know, since we do A's cast live from the field before the game, I get to talk to a lot of the players. And one guy I've had a couple conversations with is Ramon Laureano. And he strikes me as that typical athlete. You need to save him from himself because it was like a while ago. He's like, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to get out there. <laughs> he seems like that guy. He was ready to go. But sometimes you have to protect athletes from themselves, don't you? For sure. For sure. And I know Nick Paparest, our head athletic trainer, just, you know, puts his palm to his forehead every time he reads a quote from him. saying, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And, and which is great. You want the kid to be out there. But we all know. Uh, you know, we all know the doctors are in charge here. We have to protect him from himself, and, and we have to keep him healthy the way we were talking about the pitchers. I mean, we, we don't just need Ramon for the next 24 games or whatever it is. We, we need him, uh, hopefully, for another month beyond that, and we'll make sure we keep him healthy. You know, there's been talk about the rotation, maybe expanding the rotation to a six-man rotation because you do have a lot of arms right now. Could we could we see it going that way during this rough stretch where you're playing so many straight days? I think you'll see us take advantage of, of like I said, of Sean being here uh, and a chance to, to get some matchups in our favor, get some guys an extra day. Um, you know, this is as many starts as Brett has made in a long time. And, um, you know, and we, we've looked at some of the other stuff on the, the starters, pitching on four versus five days rest and things like that. So I, I don't know that you're going to see a true six-man rotation, just go through one through six. But I think we're going to pick some spots, maybe keep one guy on turn and push another guy back and, and like I said, find some, some favorable matchups. You guys had to be thrilled with Manaya's first outing in New York. For sure. Oh, yeah. And, and thrilled for Sean, too. I mean – um, you know, all this rehab that goes on behind the scenes and guys spend a year away from the game and working hard, 
it's a it's a thankless job rehabbing and uh just so happy for sean to get back out there he put us in a position to win that day uh unfortunately it didn't it didn't finish the way anybody wanted but i think you know i think it was brett Anderson, who tweeted something, said, hey, not the outcome we wanted, but but thrilled for, for Mania to be back out there. And anytime a guy goes through a year-long rehab and uh, and makes his way back to the big leagues, it's uh, it's just a great moment for him. Yeah, you talk to anybody in any sport, and they talk about how they don't feel a part of the team, they don't feel a part of it, and it's just, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of depressing time. You're, you're a professional athlete. You want to get out there and play. It's your job, but you can't. So whenever we see these guys come back, it's definitely great. And one guy I've been asked about recently, and I go, I, I don't know, because I know he can come back. Frankie Montas at the end of the year, I think it's like for five or six games. Can you give us an update on what's going on with Frankie and how many ga- how many games after the suspension's done? How many games are left in the season? It's five. He's he's eligible on September twenty fifth, so he is he'll be back active for the last five games of the season, and that'll that'll be it. Obviously, he's not eligible for the postseason, but. Um, but he's got those five games uh, in anticipation of that, and uh, and really just to kind of simulate a full season. We've had Frankie working out in Arizona since he got suspended. He's thrown uh, he's thrown a number of simulated games down uh, at Fitch Park and count basically pitching four or five innings every fifth day. Um, he threw 80 pitches yesterday, and uh, and I think it was. I think it was mentioned somewhere today that if uh, either Vegas or Midland advances to the next round of the playoffs, he's actually eligible to go on a, quote, rehab assignment starting on September 10th. So he's got a chance to pitch in some minor league playoff games if we're lucky enough to go that far in the minor leagues. That could be really interesting. Could, could you see him pitching in a game or maybe multiple games out of the pen in those five games he's eligible to come back and play in? Yeah, oh, oh, for sure. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we hope those games are meaningful. Well, we, we'd hope to run away from the pack, but the way Cleveland and Tampa are playing, I, I think this thing's going to go down to the wire. So we expect those to be meaningful games, and we've kept them stretched out in case we want to start one of those five. But Frankie's obviously pitched out of the pen in his career as well, and uh, sure, run him out there five nights in a row. Why not? Um, but, uh, but no, well, when we get closer, we'll figure out the right role for him. But like I said, he's going to be active for those five games, and he'll be a part of the group. Well, we know you're you're rooting for the Aviators, and you're especially rooting for the Aviators against Sacramento, as we've talked about before. <laughs> uh, how nice was it to see Fran and the boys get game one? It was fun. I went up there to Sacramento last night. It looks uh, just the way it did when we were there in 2012. All of our banners are still up on the outfield wall, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I went up there to see those guys. Daniel Mangdon pitched well and bats came alive a little bit. So good for them to take game one. Midland did the same last night against, uh, Padres double A club in Amarillo. And it'd be a lot of fun to watch both teams, uh, both teams advance to the championship next week. And, and like I said, from a, on a practical level, I'd love to have somewhere for Frankie to pitch next week. Yeah, and it is important for your minor league level to win, right? To teach these guys how to win, no matter what level it is. No doubt, no doubt. And all you got to do is ask Pinder and Olson and Chapman and, and that group of guys uh, what it was like coming up in the minor leagues and winning championships in the Cal League and the Texas League and uh, and, and developing that culture. So it's always it's always something we've 
stressed in the minor leagues. Keith Lippman, as long as he's been here, has uh, has stressed winning, and we, we go outside the organization to add players uh, just for the purpose of making sure we've got good teams, and it's it's important to everybody from top to bottom. David, great stuff. We appreciate it, and uh, it's a sprint to the finish, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris, we got a couple more of these pit stops on that sprint to the finish, so I'll catch you next week. Thank you, David. See you. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.